wind. Invisible to the eye, yet the force of its incredible power can be seen and felt by every living thing. This presence and power is made known to us from the gentle breeze of the field to the mighty gales that filled the boat's sails on the open water. Like the wind, so is the Holy Spirit of God. When God sent his Holy Spirit upon man, the force of his almighty power was so great it could only be described as a mighty rushing wind. The effects of that moment has forever changed the world. Out on the high seas, one can experience the awesomeness of the wind and what its great power can do. So should we daily experience the wonder, power, and majesty of the Holy Spirit of God in us and through us. This year, let us live every day empowered by His Spirit. A church filled with the Spirit of God. This is our desire. If you have a Bible, please open to the book of 1 Thessalonians 5. If you'd like to follow along, you can pull a Bible out of that bench in front of you there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If there was ever a model church, this is the one. If there was ever a church for us to say, we want to be like this church, this is the one there in northern Greece in Thessalonica. Would you please stand with me as I read just a portion of the chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'll begin in verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, Comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work, for their work's sake. And be at peace. And be at peace among yourselves. May we pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of the Spirit of God that we can experience when we put our faith and trust in Christ alone for salvation and then yield our wills to your will following the Word of God. I pray that even today that power might be evidenced. I ask if there be one in this place that is not sure of where they will spend eternity when they die, may the Holy Spirit of God go up and down each row and convince and convict and bring people to yourself that they might leave this place with the assurance that they know God, they know Christ, they have forgiveness. For each Christian, now I pray that our hearts will be attentive to hear the message you have for us on this very special day as we celebrate what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. An elderly business executive was at his office when he got a text from his wife around noon. It said, I bet you don't know what today is, do you? And he quickly texted back and said, of course I know what day it is. And he continued on with his work. Being extremely absent-minded, he began to wonder to himself, it can't be her birthday. Is that this month? Or our anniversary, he buzzed his secretary and said, send my wife a dozen roses, and I want you to pick out a really nice gold necklace, and I want it delivered today. She said, sure thing, right away. As he left the office, his mind was still racing about what important celebration he had forgotten. So on his way home, he stopped and he picked up this, this huge box of chocolates just for good measure. He pulled into his driveway, and his wife runs out of the house and runs out to greet him. As he gets out of the car, he presents her with a big box of chocolates. She throws her arms around him and says, Oh, honey, this is the best Groundhog Day I've ever had. <laughs> you know, it's important to celebrate special days, birthdays, and anniversaries. 
and for some, maybe Groundhog Day, at least for Pennsylvanians. But today is a special day for us as a church. But today is not a day about us. Today is a day about God in us. And so when we look at the calendar at the last Sunday of July each year, we celebrate. Why? It, it marks another year that the God of the universe is working in us and working through us as a church family. We are a, a body of baptized believers that have banded ourselves together for two purposes. The purpose of fulfilling the Great Commission and the purpose of giving glory to God. And we are identified by several things. Notice with me in your notes, we are identified by our love for God and our love for each other. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. We are identified by our belief in the Bible as God's inspired word. We are identified by our experience of God's saving grace in our hearts. We are identified by, by the transformed lives that have occurred by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are identified, we have an identification as the saints at Valley Forge Baptist. And so these are things that, that draw us together on the first day of the week because we celebrate that Jesus Christ is alive. We celebrate that Jesus Christ is coming again. You know that singing praises to God and reading the Bible and preaching and teaching the Word of God, uh, that, that's just not some tradition that started a few hundred years ago or even a thousand years ago. No, no, no. What we do each week is, is an obedience to a divine command and a New Testament example that started the very day that Jesus arose out of the tomb. God's plan is that every Christian be part of a local church. It is God's will that every Christian would be baptized by immersion after their salvation and become part of a church where they grow and learn and serve and edify other believers and then go out and share their faith with unbelievers. Look with me in your notes. Jesus is our shepherd and we are his sheep. A Christian without a church is like a sheep without a flock. Jesus is the head of the body of believers, and we are the body. A Christian without a church is like an amputated hand or foot. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. A Christian without a church is like a plant without a garden. Jesus is the master builder, and we are the building. We are the temple, the temple of God. A Christian without a church is like a brick without a wall. Now, I, I've heard many people explain to me why they don't go to church, and, and you've heard it too. Uh, you've heard family members and coworkers and maybe even neighbors say the same thing. They, they say things like, you know, I'm against organized religion. I'm against organized church. Uh, does that mean that God is in favor of disorganized religion or disorganized church? Makes no sense. Or, you know, when I stopped going to church, no one called me. Or, when I stopped going to church, everybody called me. I mean, they just wouldn't leave me alone. And then the all-time favorite that we hear is a cliche. I don't go to church because there's so many hypocrites. But what about the hypocrites at work? What about the hypocrites at the bank? What about the hypocrites at the grocery store? It doesn't seem to stop them from going to those places. You have to ask yourself, are these valid reasons for disobeying God's clear command to go to church, to worship together? You can pretend. Now, you're not because you're here. Uh, but, but people can pretend that they are a spiritual Christian without a church, but they're just fooling themselves. They're fooling themselves. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The writer of Hebrews says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. God says, when you get close to the coming of Christ, you should be more committed 
at your gathering together. So a, a church filled with the Spirit is, it's what we all want. To have a church filled with the Spirit means that we have to have individual Christians that are filled with the Spirit. And so we ask, I ask you to think about God's faithfulness to our church for 34 years. And then let me ask you to think about, are you doing your part to make us a Spirit-filled church? Are you a Spirit-filled Christian? And so as we look at the, the Christians in this church in northern Greece, we're reminded that some things that are very important to God, and they should be important to us. The first thing I, I want you to see is that a Spirit-filled Christian, which is a Spirit-filled church, a Spirit-filled Christian loves Jesus Christ. Look at verse, verse 9 and 10 with me. A Spirit-filled Christian loves Jesus Christ. For God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. The greatest expression of love is the, that the world has ever seen is Jesus dying on the cross for you. Notice he says God has not appointed us to wrath. That means the coming seven-year tribulation. But it also certainly would include the lake of fire. Why? We've obtained something. We've obtained it. We've received it. Salvation, forgiveness. We're saved from sin and we're saved from death and we're saved from hell itself. And so we love him. We love him because he first loved us. I like the way Peter said it. Whom having not seen, ye love in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing. Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so someone who's going to love Jesus Christ, there's going to be some evidences. The first evidence is saving faith. Jesus answered and said, if a man love me, what's he going to say? If a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. If you truly love Jesus Christ, you will believe in him. You will follow him. You will keep his words Saving faith takes us to heaven. Do you have that assurance? Do you know if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Or do you have some doubt? God wrote the Bible to take away your doubt that you could have this wonderful salvation. And then obedient faith. I like the way Jesus said it. If ye love me, keep my what? Commandments. You don't need to know Greek. You don't need to know Hebrew. You don't need to go to seminary. I think we can figure it out. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I think we know what those commandments are, don't we? And so the expression of our love for God is going to be obeying what he told us to do. But then notice also thirdly is worshiping, worshiping faith. We find it in Luke 7. It's a great story. A Pharisee of all people named Simon invites Jesus and his disciples in for dinner. And so they're all there and, and there's a big crowd of them. And there's a lady who just got saved that day. And she is, she is just at Jesus' feet, she's overwhelmed at this amazing grace, and her chains have been set free, and she's crying, and her tears are, are dripping on his dusty, dirty feet. And she takes her hair, and she lets it down, and she wipes, she wipes Jesus' feet, and she's kissing the feet. And, and Simon, the host, he looks at this, he looks at Jesus, he looks at this woman, and he says in his thoughts, if if he knew what kind of a woman she was that is touching him, he, he wouldn't let her do that. This is, this is wrong. Now, he didn't say it. He thought it. You know, you know what the Bible says? That Jesus read his thoughts. Jesus knew his thoughts. Do you know that God knows your thoughts? God knows your thoughts. And so Jesus says, hey, Simon, Simon. You know, when I came into this house, your house, you did not offer me any water to wash my feet. But this woman, this woman, her tears are washing my feet. Simon, when I came into this house, uh, you did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman, with her tears, with her hair, she's wiping my feet and she's kissing my feet. Simon, I want you to see what he says. I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. 
Simon, I want you to know this woman, she loves greatly. She's worshiping greatly because she has received this forgiveness. So true love, it shows up in worship and devotion and respect and honor. A Christian that is spirit-filled loves Jesus Christ. But secondly, notice a spirit-filled Christian serves Jesus Christ. He serves Jesus Christ. And we see that in verse 12. We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor, which work, which serve among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love for their, for their work's sake. Now, now, the world is filled with complainers, isn't it? I mean, the politicians complain and the, uh, the media complains and social media is filled with complainers. Uh, just remember that shallow brooks babble loudest, all right? Uh, make a lot of complaints. And I'm thankful that the majority of the Christians in our church are not complainers. Now, I'm not talking about people that make helpful, corrective suggestions. That's not complaining. If you have an idea that will make our church better and more effective and more loving and more efficient and more fruitful, I mean, we all, we all want to hear those ideas. In fact, we just don't want the suggestion. If God gave you the idea, he just may want you to carry out that idea. But I like to take just the month of July, anniversary month, and esteem them very highly for their work's sake. I know this verse is talking about the leaders, but I want to apply it to the entire church. I just want to take a couple of big events that happened this month and show you that spirit-filled Christians serve Jesus Christ. We're going to start with our teenagers, our Valley Forge Baptist teenagers. First, I want you to know that that our young people, the teenagers, they take two mission trips in high school, one stateside, one foreign. And this summer, they went to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, to help a brand new church. We started in March with our former youth director, Pastor Brandon Joyner, and Chapel Hill Baptist Church. And, and they did what we did here, and you can see several thousand people came out. And so we're going to start the video here. Uh, one of our teens, Brenton, actually took a drone along, and uh, took some video of it. A couple thousand people came out for the bubble festival and for the food truck festival, and they had the moon bounce. They were able to have a park there with hundreds of spaces, and that's the lineup. Uh, this is the lineup here in the pavilion. Our, our team is doing the balloons uh, uh, for the young people there, and then giving them literature about the church and, and salvation and, and gospel tracts. And then on Sunday, uh, our teenagers, they, they sang... And uh, they, they served there and were a blessing. You know, this, this brand new church made more contact in that one event than it would take for months and months of door-to-door uh, -door visitation by Pastor Joyner. So what a, what a, what a great uh, investment that these uh, young people made uh, upon this church. And I just want, I want you to know that the teenagers at Valley Forge Baptist are involved in just about every ministry of our church. I mean, they sing in the choir. Uh, you see them playing in the orchestra. They serve in the coffee shop. They serve in the nursery. They're involved in all kinds of kids' ministries. Uh, they're involved in cleaning the church, in outreach events, and about a dozen behind-the-scenes ministries. Like, like sometimes you'll see a, a bulletin insert in the bulletin. Our, our teenagers, uh, they're the ones who, who do that. Uh, they bag our community connections for our door-to-door -door outreach. They spend a lot of their own money to be able to do these trips. And so hats off to the teenagers. Uh, they deserve a verbal pat on the back. Vacation Bible School just a few weeks ago, we had a ton of teenagers involved in all the different areas from bus ministry and classrooms and helping out in the, uh, with the younger teens serving. So make sure that your only comment to a teenager isn't, stop talking in church. <laughs> make sure you stay to them. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. I want you to know I'm praying for you. And I, I appreciate your faithfulness. And so the teens, but then also next are the single adults. Uh, many of our teens and single adults have, have gone on the uh, overseas trips, uh, the adult trips. But this month it was completely a single adult trip to Rhode Island uh, to help Pastor Tony Barbosa. Uh, who also is in a new church plant up there in Rhode Island. <clears throat> uh, here's the group that went up just a week ago. 
Uh, not only did they encourage the pastor and his family, but they rolled up their sleeves. They got out in the community, and, and they went door to door to be able to invite the kids out uh, for an event. And the kids came. Uh, here you see them, a great-looking auditorium, all decorated for their mini vacation Bible school that they hosted. And you can see the same theme as ours, the moose uh, on the loose. And they did the same things here in the next slide. <coughs> you see uh, our gang made the balloons and made the kids happy. In the next slide, uh, you see them making their craft and uh, having something to be able to take home. And then in the next slide, I want you to meet Emma. Emma came. Uh, do you know that our single adults, they have a lot of options today of things they can do with their life, don't they? Uh, they, could, they could play sports and they can go and watch sport games and, and they can go to concerts and they can travel and they can spend their money on themselves. I, <coughs> Jeremy and I were just at Best Buy and uh, uh, the guy checking out, I was talking to him and he said, he said, yeah, I, I just bought an 85-inch television, $7,000. But he said, you know, because I'm a Best Buy employee and I have all these other perks, I got it for $3,300. He said, the thing puts out so much heat, I had to buy an air conditioner to put in the room. <laughs> Spending money on himself. But our singles spent their money so they could go up and meet Emma and tell Emma about Jesus Christ. Leading kids to Christ, teaching them the word of God. Esteem them very highly for their, their work's sake. Right now we have three single adults in China. We have a single and teen in Nepal. And then we just had a group got back about 11 o'clock last night. They spent the week in Chihuahua, Mexico, where it is very hot. And they were serving with missionary Ron Winter. I, I, I don't have any pictures. They just arrived last night, but they were working and serving. And, and Ron and Connie been serving in Mexico for 30 years. And she just went home to be with the Lord over cancer. But missionary Ron didn't quit. He's still there and he's still serving. And our, our group went down to encourage him and love him and serve shoulder to shoulder with him and with the folks there at that church in Mexico. You see, a spirit-filled Christian loves Jesus Christ. The question is, do you love him? A spirit-filled Christian serves Jesus Christ and do you serve him even when trials come your way? And then lastly, I want you to see that a spirit-filled Christian shares Jesus Christ. A spirit-filled Christian uh, shares Jesus Christ with others. Do you share him? On the top of page four, I want you to think about all that God has done for you. How can you not talk about him? Stop and let me tell you. What the Lord has done for me. That's the song we teach our kids. So just, just to, to, to get you thinking along this fashion. What has God done for you? Well, first of all, he made you. You see, without God, you don't even exist. He made you. And then he saved you. He delivered you from the penalty of hell. Now, that's if you are a Christian. And if you're a Christian, he gives you peace. He gives you joy. He gives you his love. He gives you contentment. He gives you purpose. And that's what a church family does. It brings us together, and we've got a purpose to serve our Savior. He gave you the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we have been learning all year long the things that the Spirit of God does for us. He seals us, and he convicts us, and he affirms us. He empowers us. The Holy Spirit gives us assurance of heaven. He removes the guilt and the shame of all of our past sins, he gave you eternal life. I mean, that's right now. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. You don't have to die to get eternal life. When you become a Christian, eternal life begins at that moment. And then we have this wonderful promise of heaven. 
Why wouldn't you want to share him? One story. One of our single ladies uh, makes it her practice to give everyone who comes to her house uh, a tract with a $20 bill inside of it. Now, I'd never heard of that before. She just told me a week ago. Every repairman, every serviceman, every delivery man, she gives them a tract with $20 inside. And so she told me that, that what happened is, is that a, a, a crew of 15 men were working on her cul-de-sac. And she told me, I thought to myself, what am I going to do? I mean, there, there's 15 of them. You know, as she's telling me the story and her dilemma, I began to think what you're thinking. You know, maybe this time we'll cut it down to $10 a track. You know, maybe I'll cut it down to $5 a track. Maybe I'll cut it down to $1 a track. And as I'm thinking this through before I say anything to her, uh, she says to me, but the Lord impressed on my heart, why would I do anything less? I'm thinking it's a good thing you listen to the Holy Spirit and not to your pastor. Why would I do anything less? The Holy Spirit impresses upon her. She says, I took the picture so I could remember to pray for them in the months ahead. And so she went out to the foreman with this in her hand, 15 tracks, $300. And she said to the foreman, I want to thank you for working on my street. I want to share the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. Please give this to all of your crew for me. And he did. He did. She said, many of the delivery men that come to my house, I give them the track, and they share with me how they have been under conviction by God. They share with me how they have been encouraged by their family members to turn to God. Do, do you know do you know what that confirms? That confirms that when, when you take a, a, a track out of your pocket or purse and you, and you give it to someone, you know what's happening is at that moment, you are probably answering someone's prayer for that person. A family member, a friend, a coworker that's saved. You won't even meet them in this life. But when you get to heaven, they're going to come and they're going to tell you, I, I was praying. I was praying for James. Well, since James is saved, he's going to take that track. He's going to give it to someone else as my prayer partner. So when you give a track to someone, God is using you to answer somebody else's prayer. Yeah, I want to be around people like that. I want to be around people that, that are thinking creatively about how they can get uh, the gospel to, to other people. And then I, I got an email this week. I said one story, it's two. And so here's the email. Hi, Pastor. I hope you're enjoying a wonderful Monday. On Saturday, I actually had a man who works at a store I was shopping at ask me for a track. How often does that happen to you? As I often do, I asked the gentleman how working for his company was and if he had a tough commute getting there each day. Just small talk, just talking. I discovered that this man had connections to Reading, where I work. After talking to him for a minute or two, I asked if he had a church. He and his wife attended to gauge his spiritual background. He said he didn't have one. I then asked if I could recommend mine. I told him that Valley Forge Baptist wasn't a clubhouse for the righteous, but more like a hospital for sinners. We aren't holy rollers. We just want to worship God and honor him to the best of our ability. He responded, oh, so it's laid back. I told him, well, we take God's word very seriously, but if by laid back you mean everyone is welcome to worship Jesus with us, then the answer is yes. I, give, I gave a piece of my testimony and said our entire congregation struggles with life like everyone else in the world. The difference is we have Jesus. We have Jesus, the answer to all of life's struggles. He responded, that sounds awesome. Do you have any information 
on the church for me. <laughs> I sure do. And I passed him a track with a picture of the church on the front. He loved that we have three different services per week, Bible studies for adults, and the messages are online for him to watch if his work schedule doesn't allow him to come during regular service hours. Praise the Lord. Easiest witness I have ever had. Hope the story encourages you. All for the Lord. Now, I, I want to be around people like that. I want to be around people that, that provoke us to love and to good works. You see, a spirit-filled Christian shares Jesus Christ with others. I know you're not perfect, but neither are your pastors. And if you've met any of the deacons, neither are the deacons. We are not a church of perfect people. We are sinners saved by grace. But we have a message, and it's a great message to be able to share with other people. And the Bible says we will give an account to him on how we love and serve and share. So it's important what you do and how you live. Look at the verse there in Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. You are going to give an account for what you do and what you say as a Christian. And then Hebrews says about the pastors, in addition to giving an account for ourselves, we must give an account for the flock, and may we do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And so as I think about the 34 years of ministry, I think about there are, there are many, many instances of giving a good account to God for you. Church family, good job. Can we do more? Absolutely. Should we do more? Absolutely. Growing and serving and, and sharing our faith, praying, giving. Right now, the first phase of our building project the downstairs, the kids' ministry makeover is, is almost done. It's getting the carpet tomorrow. Now let's close with verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Let's, let's make sure we're not involved in complaining about everything that we don't like, and let's start making a difference. Let's be a spirit... Spirit-filled Christians, which makes our church a spirit-filled church. How do we do it? He says, keep encouraging one another. Keep edifying. Keep building up one another. Keep being positive about what God is doing. I, I remember when I was a teenager. Uh, you see, we, we were brought up in a Protestant denomination. And I didn't hear the gospel. We went to, we went to a Protestant denomination in Middletown, Pennsylvania, there was no gospel. We went to one in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, there was no gospel. We moved to northern Virginia, outside Washington, D.C., visited a few times. There was no gospel. We just stopped going to church. But then, then my dad, my dad got saved because of the prayers of my mom. And, and you know, it was a track that he found at a gas station. And we went to a church where there were spirit-filled people. And I remember as a teenager coming in there, and, and, and you know, when I, when I came in, I, I, I was a long-haired teenager going to a public school, and I didn't have people come up and say, you know, you need to get your hair cut, and, and you need to straighten up, and, and, and you, need, you need to be mentored by me. No, no, no. It wasn't that at all. It was just casual contacts. I'm glad you're here. Encouragement. It, it wasn't these deep conversations. It was, it was from the church family. It was they were modeling the spirit-filled life. You know, they were concerned about loving Jesus Christ and serving Jesus Christ and sharing Jesus Christ. And, and I remember going out visiting one time, and, and the fellow was a colonel of the army, and he said, yeah, let's go by and get a soda on the way home. Little acts of kindness. And it... Those little acts of kindness and encouragement upon a teenager had a big impact. I'm glad that the police didn't have to come to our church to break up a church fight. I'm glad that in the business meetings there wasn't a bunch of yelling and screaming at each other. I'm glad that people could set aside 
petty preferences for the big mission. And it impacted me. I'm glad that my kids, who are now almost all grown, I've got my youngest will be a, a senior this year. I'm glad they had that experience here. But I'm thinking about the babies in the nursery, the toddlers, the elementary kids, and the younger teenagers. I would like them to have that kind of experience in a spirit-filled church as well. But I can't do it for them. You need to do it. A church filled with the spirit makes a big impact. Look there in your notes. Let's keep encouraging each other. Keep edifying one another. Keep being positive about what God is going doing. The only way to love and serve and share Jesus is if you know Jesus Christ yourself. Today, you can open your heart and be born again into God's forever family. May we pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this church there in northern Greece. And they loved you and they served you and they shared you, and they sounded out into all the area about what Christ had done for them. May we do that here. May each one of us be spirit-filled Christians, and then a spirit-filled church will be a dynamic witness to our community. Lord, you know we attempt to do a lot of good in our community through the various ministries, but it's got to be your work, your power. Father, I pray now that each one of us would examine our hearts to see our standing before you. If you are, if you are saved, if you're born again, and you're not ashamed to be called a Christian, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed before the Lord, would you simply raise your hand as a testimony? I know that I'm a Christian. I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm born again all over. You may put your hands down. You're here today, you say, Pastor, I, I think I'd go to heaven. I hope I'd go to heaven, but I'm not sure. I have doubts. I'd like to get those doubts settled today. The Spirit of God is tapping on your heart. Won't you say yes? Won't you open your heart? The Bible says if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. What does that mean? That means to pray. That means to invite Christ into your heart and trust that he died for you and rose again. If you'd like to do that this morning, would you simply raise your hand? Would you hold your hand up? Anyone at all? I need Christ in my life. I need this assurance. I want to receive this gift of life. I'm, I'm not, not getting baptized, not joining the church. A living relationship with the living God. Just simply raise your hand. That's me. I want to be saved today. Would you hold your hand up for just a moment? I'll pray with you right where you're seated. Christian, may I ask you are, you, are you loving your Savior? Are you serving your Savior? Are you sharing him? The Holy Spirit is prompting you to do just that. Father, bless our invitation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. May we stand together as we sing. We sing a prayer to God, to the Holy Spirit, that he would come upon us and he would fill us and change us. Would you be sensitive to his promptings, his movement in your life? as we sing. Maybe you want to pray at this altar. Maybe you want to pray in your seat. But let's sing this as our prayer to God. Amen. Thank you, James. What a wonderful song as we think about our Savior's love for us and he returns in glory. We will know he is the one. Victor and Kezia are not here today. Victor was scheduled to sing tonight. So, James, thank you for being flexible and coming in and pinch hitting. They had a good reason. They had a baby today. So not in church, but uh, we'll be here next week. We'll give them a rose and find out all the details uh, of that. We're going to have ushers come uh, for the microphones at this time uh, to be able to have a time of testimony. And so we have one up there and down here. Uh, the Coco Chan uh, video, we're going to wait. We're going to hold that for Sunday morning. Okay, so we'll hold the Coco Chan video. But if you'd like to share testimony tonight of God working in your life, you want to give testimony of God blessing you through family and church family, we want to be able to give the praise to God. And many times God will come to us directly by his spirit and his word. And sometimes uh, it'll be through people. And so I want to start. Uh, and I, I think of Proverbs 31 I think of uh, 
of a lot of ladies in our church family and, and my, my own mother, my mother-in-law, but I think of my wife. Uh, she is one of those ladies, as a Christian, she just goes to town, serves God, loves God, loves people, loves family. And if I, if I told you, if I told you what she does, then she would be mad at me, and uh, you would think I'm bragging on her. So I'm not going to tell you all the things that she does, but I just want you to know she does it, and she loves you. She loves you as a, as a pastor's wife, as a Christian friend, and she prays and she serves, and her heart is there for you from the young people uh, all the way through the senior citizens. And I thank God, uh, I thank God that, that you have a pastor's wife that loves your pastor. And uh, because of that, I can be in ministry. And there are many who aren't in ministry because, uh, because that helped me, didn't help. And so I'm thankful uh, for such a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful wife. So glory to God for that. Okay, so we have microphones. If you would just stand up. If you would just hold the microphone up close. Uh, look to the larger part of the congregation. Give us your name and share a brief testimony of what, uh, of what God uh, has put upon your heart to give praise to the Lord. I just want to say as a former intern, I really appreciate this church. God has given me the ability to attend many churches. And I say this with no exaggeration. This is my favorite one. All I can say is I pray for pastor. I pray for all the pastoral staff every week. I have a long list of pastors that I pray for and missionaries and evangelists that I pray for. If you're not praying for your pastor, please do, because as I'm in the ministry, I'm learning the burdens that pastors carry. I pray that this church will always keep the sweet spirit that I've come to love. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Noel. Thank you. Thank you for serving the Lord. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm grateful and blessed from day one when I first walked into um, the church. It was 2013, I had a meeting with Pastor Joyner. I have never felt so much love from that first visit when I walked in, um, from the staff to him and for everyone in the church family. Pastor had explained to me what was going on in my life. I was going through an ailing husband I was dealing with a job that I knew I was about ready to leave, and I was also sick. I couldn't understand what was happening in my life. That first meeting, he brought it all into perspective for me to say, God chose you. You are the one that you have to take this burden. You have to live this. You didn't ask for it, but he wants you to go through this. So through my counseling with him, it helped me understand what I was getting prepared for. It took me into the discipleship to give me a widow in my life who was preparing me what it was gonna be like to be a widow. Had no clue. Also, on my Wednesday night meeting, he set me next to another widow who was B. Bachelor, which is B. And I'm sitting here saying, I have two widows around me. I have an alien husband that I'm about ready to, to leave me. Hearing their stories and knowing how they lost their husbands helped me enjoy what I had left with my husband. Amen. Amen. And I brought so much blessings to them, but they also brought blessings to me. Through all of this, yes, I did lose my husband. He never made it into this church, but my goodness gracious, he did. Mm -hmm. Because from that first meeting with Pastor Joyner, that day going forward, I have never received, or we have never received so many cards to say, hey, we are praying for you, we know you are sick. Even up to the time we were in the hospital for 49 days, mm -hmm. he still received cards. Pastors came through, came through the home, just blessed us. In the midst of that, I had a church family that I didn't know that prayed for me 
and pray for us. Yes, Roger is going on to glory. He is no longer in pain. But in the midst of that, the Lord still blessed me with a lot of more trials and tribulations due to the fact that I came up with a lot of health issues. But through discipleship, through friendship, through the gals, through the pastors, through the pastor's wives, I have been totally blessed Amen. to get me through all that I have been going through with my health and my conditions. And that's all I can say to my church family is thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Vi has grown in her faith. Roger had such a sweet spirit, great faith, and assurance of heaven. We rejoice of God's hand upon you and Roger. Hello, my name's Scott Wilson, and about two and a half weeks ago, I had something very, very special happen to me. Through one of my daughters, I found my best friend in the Air Force, whom I haven't seen in 50 years. And uh, in talking with Tom, I realized that he wasn't a Christian, and another family member of mine pro provided some frequent flyer miles, and I went to see my Air Force buddy. Uh, I took him a Bible, I took him an A lesson, uh, I took him Paul Chappell's book, Price Paid in Full, and uh, fortunately Tom had a heart attack about 10 years ago, put him in a wheelchair, and we had a great time. We talked about being in Germany 50 years ago, and I won't go into details because I wasn't saved back then. But uh, one of the things that really highlighted our trip, there was a, a, an aircraft museum in Chino, California where he lived. And when we went there the morning before we were ready to leave, they had an F-100D Super Saber jet like we worked on 50 years ago in Germany. I really believe that this whole trip was provided by God for me to share the gospel with my best friend in the Air Force 50 years after the fact. So I praise God for opening that door. And, and I'd ask you to pray for Tom and Diane that they would do the stuff that uh, I brought them, and maybe we'll see them in heaven one day. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Again, showing, sharing Christ, sharing Christ. Hi, my name is Laura Larkin, and I have a place. About a year ago today, I've been looking for a place to live, and praise the Lord, I found a fantastic place. So thank you, everybody. Amen, Laura. We rejoice in that. God meets our needs, physical needs, spiritual needs, family Anyone in the balcony, uh, we have a microphone there. Just come on down the aisle towards the sound booth, and you can give praise to the Lord for what God is doing. Anyone else? Mark. If you would, make sure you give your first name so people get to know you. My name's Mark McGuire. Uh, my wife is Christine. Uh, we've only been members a few months but Valley Forge Baptist Temple has been a blessing in our lives for years. Those of you who've been members here uh, to the late 90s may remember Pastor Chris Kay. He was an intern here. And um, Pastor Kay started a church in Delaware County uh, back in 2000. Uh, Pastor Wendell asked a number of members, some of you may have attended there, you sent down about 20 or 30 of your members every Sunday, which is a 45-minute drive. That was a sacrifice, but it helped the church get started, a church that we were able to serve in for over 10 years. Amen. My son just saw Pastor Kay this week, and he says hello. Amen. Uh, God called him back to uh, Massachusetts, and he started another church up there. Uh, but it's because of the love that your pastor has for church planning and the love of the members that came down week after week till the church was on its feet. That church is now doing well. Pastor Brett Sharp is the pastor. And uh, I want to thank the church members who made that sacrifice, that drive. And thank you, thank you Pastor Amen. Wendell, for caring for new churches to be planted so that we can get the gospel into other areas. Amen. Churches start churches. Wonderful to be able to see and hear years later, churches continuing on, on for the Lord. Okay, just a couple of more. Go into the back for Nancy. 
And if someone else, go ahead and stand up, and we'll get the second microphone to you as well. Hello. Um, my name's Nancy Brennan. I feel a little overwhelmed. Those are such amazing testimonies. Um, God has certainly blessed all of you. Um, I've been saved 39 years. Got saved in spring of 79, watching the 700 Club, living in Virginia Beach. He was in the Navy. He was way over in the Indian Ocean. And uh, God worked in my heart. And just like using the uh, bridge, the bridge, that's how I got saved. I knew I was a sinner. Didn't have to tell me that. And uh, I, that night I knelt down, trusted in the Lord. And I said, because I knew it was a, like a leap of faith. And I'm like, wow, I'm Roman Catholic. This is a really big deal. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I said, I'm going to do this. But I said, I just want one request. He says, I just want two boys. <laughs> so I got saved. Uh, asked the Lord to come into my heart. And I got my Amen. two boys pretty quick there. Amen. And um, But it was, a long, it was a long journey. I wasn't a disciple back then. There was no such thing as discipleship classes. Uh, and uh, we had, you know, we'd gone to some really good Baptist churches. I still remember the first Baptist church I walked into. And I walked in there and I was like, wow, I feel like I'm at home. Like, that was just the coolest feeling in the world. And uh, so we've been in some really great churches along our journey. But I want to say it's been a real growing experience because I had a lot of health issues. And um, through all those decades, I didn't see things clearly like I wish I would have. But, you know, as God began to start healing me, I started seeing things differently. And now I look back and I think, wow, how did I ever do that? Or how did I ever think those things, you know? But I praise God now that I, I keep moving forward. And I thank him for his hand upon me, his blessings, the things that he's doing in my life and the life of my family. Um, I can't say enough. And I just thank all of you for being um, an encouragement to me, all of you who do all the little things around here, and you don't think anybody notices, but well, you're being noticed, and so God notices you too. And I just want to thank all of you. Amen. Amen. One of their sons runs a Reformers Unanimous Ministry out of their church in another state, so we rejoice in that. Yes, Jeff. Good evening. My name is Jeff Gregory, and I wanted to praise the Lord again and again and again. Uh, recently, I was not able to continue with the job I was in for the airlines, but God's plan and God's purpose is greater and better than all that we can figure out. So I just want to repeat Lamentations, uh, I believe it's 323, that says, Great is thy faithfulness, new every morning, despite what we do, despite what we say, despite what we think. We praise the Lord for his faithfulness. Amen. Amen. And uh, we have another one back here. Yes? Elena? Hi, my name is Elena. I would like to uh, thank God a lot that he hears our grandparents' uh, prayers. Uh, my grandmother's been praying for my sister, and I'm so glad she really accepted God this year, and yeah. he gave her this beautiful little girl. And um, it's a joy to know that my grandma is rejoicing in heaven that one of her granddaughters got saved. So keep on praying. God answers in his timing. He's awesome. Amen. Praying for our family. All right, we're going to close with one more here from Brother Tim. I, uh, I really didn't plan on giving a testimony tonight when I came, but when the Spirit of God is prompting you, you better do it, you know. So um, I'm just so very, very thankful for... Uh, Valley Forge, <clears throat> Valley Forge Baptist Temple for the staff and for the members here at the deacon board. And uh, I'm just amazed how this local church has reached out and supported our youngest son who's planning a church in Mayfair, Mayfair, Pennsylvania. They have given so much of themselves and, and given so much financially. You would think that Valley Forge Baptist ch uh, Church was there, was his the supporting church. And so I just want to thank you, uh, folks, for giving so much of yourselves to our, our youngest son, Joseph. Uh, thanks so very much. Amen. Joe and Katie, Pastor Joe and Katie, were our missionaries of the week at VBS, and that was a, a great blessing. Well, if you have a Bible, just open briefly for just a moment here to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Thank you, gentlemen, for helping out. Our young people, our children, gave $2,100 in pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters. 
And you can imagine, that's a lot of weight. So it allowed our young men to cancel their gym membership and just take the money to the bank. And uh, $2,100 in coins uh, to be able to get to them, help them in that new church. Psalm 95, an anniversary celebration. It is not about us. It is about God in us and what he has done and what he promises to do in the future. Uh, look with me at Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Father, thank you for your word. We're here to praise you tonight. You've heard praise in song in testimony, and now from the psalmist, touch our hearts, warm our hearts to love what you love and to shun and hate what you hate, that we might be called the sons and daughters of God who walk in truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Three words jump out of this psalm to me, and the first word is that of invitation. Invitation. God, God says, come. Look there at verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise uh, to the rock of our salvation. Don't, don't you love an invitation to something important? Maybe you get a wedding invitation. Maybe you get a, a birthday invitation. Maybe it's a special anniversary celebration. Following our 25th church anniversary, Nine years ago, I received a very special invitation. I was invited to become the chaplain of the Pennsylvania Senate for one day. And so I received this very special, fancy invitation to come and lead the Senate in their opening prayer that fall. I was even given a special parking pass to park right out front of the Capitol building. And I was kind of wondering how it would go if I had been asked to pray on the representative side, we would have had a problem. Because on that side of the state house, you're not allowed to pray in Jesus' name. And you can imagine what I would have done. I would have broken the law, prayed in Jesus' name. But on the Senate side, no problem. And so we coordinated the day with a trip uh, from, uh, for our high schoolers from our academy to get a tour of the Capitol building in Harrisburg. And, and they went out a little bit early, and they're seated up in the balcony. And we had just got our puppy Lily the year before, and Jody did not want to leave Lily at home all day. And I didn't want to take her along. So you can imagine what happened. We took her along, all right? <laughs> Uh, now, don't, don't get me wrong. I, it's not that I don't like our puppy. I love our puppy. I just didn't want to have to be embarrassed to walk her to go to the bathroom in the grass on the front lawn of the Pennsylvania State Capitol building dressed in a suit. And so we had an agreement that she could go along, but I wasn't going to do that. Uh, so she assured me she would take that walk, and, and so Lily went along. So we arrived at the security check-in, and I presented my very important invitation to the guard, and they directed me to park right in front of the building. Uh, we went into the senator's office, and they welcomed me, and a staff member took us over to the Senate chamber. And it's really a, a magnificent-looking uh, room. Um, um, we're there early. Marble everywhere, gold leaf uh, plating everywhere, massive pieces of, of artwork, massive chandeliers, uh, truly one of the most beautiful capital buildings in the entire nation. Uh, built in the early 1900s at a cost of $13 million, it would be astronomical uh, to build the Pennsylvania State House at, at, uh, in the same way. Let, let's take a close-up look here. They sat me down uh, in the chair. If you, if you see the flag, maybe we can dim, dim the lights here uh, on the, uh, uh, in the balcony or in the uh, choir loft here. And so if you see the American flag and you go just to the left, 
Uh, there's a seat there with a high back, and, and that's where they put me. And I felt like a midget because it went up so, uh, so high above me there. And I'm there early, and, and then there was a bunch of chairs down to my right with a bunch of guys sitting there. And so we're early, we're waiting and waiting. And so I, I went over to say hi. Later I found out that our, our seniors were up in the balcony and said, watch, watch, there goes Pastor. He's going to give those guys a track. And so uh, I, I met these guys, and, and they were there to be honored. Uh, they were the Reading Express indoor football team who just won the championship in 2009. And so I, I pull out a track, and uh, their representative, the quarterback, and I, I give him... I give the quarterback of this championship a winning team, and he takes it, he looks at it, he opens it up, and he says, I've been to your church. I said, you have? He said, I preached at your church. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't remember that. And then he said, you had a basketball outreach for teenagers, and I was invited to come and share the gospel with your teenagers. And, and so that was just uh, really cool to be able to, uh, uh, to, to do that small world. Well, then they called the assembly together, and they were on live circuit TV, and I was called up, and, and so uh, I prayed for them, and of course, I prayed the gospel uh, in my prayer to all of those senators, and, and it, it, was, it was a great experience. And yes, I did walk Lily on the front lawn of the Capitol building, <laughs> as previously agreed upon. You know, it was a pretty cool experience to be the Pennsylvania chaplain for one day, but not nearly as cool as being called into the presence of God for worship. And that's what we get every Sunday. And Psalm 95 tells us how wonderful this is. To have an invitation, a very special invitation, to come into the presence of God for worship, what is what is this invitation? Look at verse 1. To come and sing to the Lord and make a joyful noise. Look at verse 2. Let us come a second time before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with, with a psalm. To make a joyful noise. I guess some people back then couldn't carry a tune either because twice David talks about not just singing to God, but making a joyful noise to the Lord. Listen, God doesn't care if you can sing on tune or not. That's not, the, that, that's not the key. The key is that you sing to God and you sing with all of your heart. He's delighted to hear you make a joyful noise to glorify him. And in our services, we should all glorify God with song and praise for what he has done for us. The first word is invitation. The second word is explanation. Verse 1 and 2 tells us to praise God. Verses 3 to 5 tells us why, to explain it. Verse 3, for the Lord, this is the reason, the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. We should praise God because of who he is. Isn't he a great God? Hasn't he done many wonderful things? And you heard testimony of that tonight. Great things in our own midst. Uh, the most wonderful of all is that people who are lost in darkness and they come to Christ. That is the greatest, that is the greatest miracle of all. God saving sinners from hell and bringing us into a living relationship with him. There's a kid's song that captures this. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. He made the trees. He made the seas. He made the elephants too. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. So the first reason we, we sing and worship to God is because of who he is, but then because of who we are. And we find that in verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. He's speaking to the saved here. Who are we who have been once and for all saved by God's grace? The people of his pasture. 
the sheep of his hand. He is our shepherd. He is our God. And if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you belong to him. You're one of his sheep. You hear his voice. Can you say that tonight? Can you claim to be a child of God, one of his flock? If not, we find here God calling out today if Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Come, come to the Lord. Receive him. All of your sins, past, present, and future are forgiven. The third word I find in this psalm, and that is adoration. Adoration. And we find that in the next slide there, verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord God, our maker. <coughs> when we look at all that God has done for us, it just causes us to bow down. Bowing is, is showing respect. It's showing reverence. It's showing our worth that we think of this person that we bow to. And we don't bow to people. We bow to God. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord God, our maker. He is worthy of our praise. And so that's why we have a celebration an anniversary, to mark it on the calendar, to mark it in our hearts. That God is good all the time. May we pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this psalm. <coughs> thank you for the testimonies we've heard tonight. The song of our choir, our hymns, our special music, all to give you praise. Now, Lord, I pray that our hearts will be encouraged Trials, difficulties, life can be tough. And to know you and to know that you love us and care for us adds a sweetness, a peace, a joy, the love in our lives. Thank you that we're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the family of God. Now, Father, I pray that our hearts will be encouraged. Bless our time of fellowship to follow and refreshment. May be a time that we can talk about you and the wonderful things that you've done for us. May we thank you for all that you've done for our church, for saving people, for growing us in grace, grace and truth, for teaching us, for giving us workers, servants, teachers, many who use their talents for you. Thank you for providing for our church needs all of these many years, for the building, for the property, for the ministries. Thank you in advance for the blessings of tomorrow. And I pray that each one of us will desire, will have a great desire to be a part of what you're doing in us and through us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand to sing a song of invitation tonight to give glory to God. Lord, be glorified. And so as we sing this invitation hymn, do we have that on the screen tonight? In my life, Lord, be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. So let's sing it as praise to our God.